Hi everyone, welcome back to the Gov Geeks. We're really excited to share this podcast with you. Uh, this go around, we're going to be talking a little bit about Doctor Strange and how Doctor Strange found his purpose. too much further along please if you like this subscribe uh, click the little bell icon as well to make sure that you get all of our latest updates we try to put out video content at least once a month and we're aiming to do that a little bit more frequently as well but uh, yeah Karen so what do we have in store today so today like you mentioned we are talking about how Dr. Strange found his purpose and later on we have a treat with some um, experts that we interviewed Giselle Harlan and Aaron Baruby. Mm -hmm. uh, they have started a wonderful organization called lacunaleadership.org and they help individuals work through their career development by combining both coaching and development aspects with things, things such as mindfulness mm -hmm. and centering and visioning. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, so you'll see that a little bit later on. But essentially, we just want to talk about different strategies for identifying, you know, what is your purpose. So, which definitely is not an easy thing, um, but there are some things to, to, some exercises to go through to help you identify maybe what you would enjoy doing as your vocation. Exactly. So, um, as you can see, as I turn my head, and perhaps you may be able to hear it well if you're listening to this on your podcast. Uh, like usual, we are commuting into Washington, D.C. Uh, we are public servants ourselves doing the fun commute. So this is GovGeeks Assemble. Level up your 9 to 5 on 95. We think it's pretty fun to do this via uh, recording on uh, some various cameras and devices and such as we're driving along the road. Uh, makes it a little bit fun. So the way that we see it, if you're going to be commuting along with us, well, you might as well learn a couple of great things while you're uh, traveling along your journey as well. Doctor Strange. Oh, man. Doctor Strange has got to be like one of my all-time favorite comic books as well as characters. The Marvel Universe just did a fantastic job. Benedict Cumberbatch is just a fantastic Doctor Strange. I have this really cool um, model that's there in my house that, that Karen was able to, to get for us, which I'm very grateful for of Doctor Strange. I've even been trying to kind of get my hair a bit situated like Doctor Strange as well. Uh, we'll see if I can get anywhere near to the cool level that he has. Although, Karen, I'm pretty sure he's got some sort of cool spell that he uses for his hair, right? On command, he can make his clothes come to him, so I'm pretty sure he can do that as well. Um, I don't know, maybe it's some like the Dungeons and Dragons magic. He has like unseen servant that's there like brushing his hair out for him. So uh, Yeah, maybe. <laughs> super cool. Um, but so in the first movie, uh, Doctor Strange is of course a just brilliant, brilliant doctor. He's this awesome surgeon. He's able to do wondrous things. He got his PhD and his MD uh, basically at the same time. Uh, he's been world-renowned for a lot of things, but he was very much inwardly focused. It was always about him. 
his accomplishments, what he can do, his value that he's offering, but not necessarily the value that he's giving to others. And as we see along in the journey, and of course, spoil warning, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Doctor Strange, now is the perfect opportunity to just take a pause, pull over to the side of the road, watch it on uh, iTunes. Uh, if you're watching this at home, no worries. You can go ahead and hit pause, go watch Doctor Strange, and then come back and watch this video. It's, it's just that much worth it. Three hours later. Can you move it along? I'm all out of time cards. Unfortunately, he goes through a lot of trauma. His hands get really messed up. Eleven stainless steel pins in the bones. Multiple torn ligaments. Severe nerve damage in both hands. <laughs> you were on the table for 11 hours. And it's only because of this that he begins to seek a journey and a path out of himself. He travels to different parts of the world to seek ways to fix his, his illness and his ailments. And unfortunately, he's not really able to find anything. But what he does find is a path towards enlightenment. And by doing that, he ends up becoming a Sorcerer Supreme. And he has uh, the Time Stone that he's uh, responsible for, which is really cool. And larger than that, he begins to find himself in a better position to serve others and really a better place. So before we get to the interview, um, we wanted to talk through a couple of uh, ideas and specifically one model that can really help us as public servants connect our inner passions with our outer goals as well. So Karen, we, we've been researching this one and I know we've had it in a couple of our presentations for a while, the importance of finding our purpose. Can you walk us through the, the model and what the areas are? Right. Well, first, before we go into that, I wanted to touch a little bit on what you were saying with uh, Doctor Strange, where he is really tied to his ego um, as far as his success. So, you know, when that's taken away through the accident, he has to really go more inward to himself. So, which um, ties into the book that I'm reading in preparation for the retreat that I'm going to with the Kuna leaders. Um, it's Deepak Chopra. Seven spiritual laws of success. So it talks about how you know focusing on the ego is not really the power that you want to have. You want to focus on the self. So you know it's, it's definitely an interesting read. So I'm going through and identifying some of the similarities that we're talking about with Doctor Strange. So as we're talking through it, we were discussing you know there's that Venn diagram, right? Which we're trying to figure out. What Japanese theory of Aikigai, which I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but essentially it's a combination of two words, one which means life and the other which means value or worth. So in other words, to identify, you know, why we're here, what is my purpose, uh, what is my life's purpose. So it's very interesting because it identifies different areas that you want to focus on. So we will go a little bit more into depth on each of these, but you want to identify something that you love, and then something that the world needs, something that you're good at, and something that you can get paid for. So something that there is a need for in the marketplace. So identifying all those factors, it ties into this central point where they all meet, which is, of course, the sweet spot, which is we, we talk about um, something, purpose. right, your purpose, it's something that's needed, valued, and you can, of course, get compensated for. 
So yeah. that, that's sometimes the hardest part of anything that you're trying to identify as, you know, a career is something that not only do you love to do it, but you can make a living off. And that, that's the bigger word, making a living off of it. Uh, because what we're giving, it's also something that we should be receiving as well. And I know that that sounds a whole lot like friends. We are gathered here today on this joyous occasion to celebrate the special love that Monica and Chandler share. Eh? <laughs> it is a love based on giving and receiving, as well as having and sharing. And the love that they give and have is shared and received. <laughs> and through this having and giving and sharing and receiving, we too can share and love and have and receive. We had a chance to watch that at Friends where Joey was talking about that. But even uh, the book and, and Deepak's work really talks about that because it's, it's not just like a well that we can kind of continue to provide everyone with something. We need to also fulfill ourselves. And unfortunately, if we're in a position where we honestly just can't do that because we have responsibilities, we have bills, we have payments, and there's also this connection of us feeling empty, we need all of that to be filled for ourselves. So we have to be able to make a living doing it. Public service is a great way to be able to do that. So we, of course, applaud everyone that is spending the time and the effort to begin uh, their journey in public service uh, because they're valuing others, but at the same time, also uh, being compensated well enough for it. All of the government benefits, the salary, the time off, uh, all of that sort of stuff combines in a way that for many can be something that helps them be paid appropriately. Yeah, and we can tie that back to Dr. Strange, where he clearly is good at being a surgeon. He's highly rated, he's very successful, and is compensated very well. Very well. His cars are awesome. He has cool watches. Right. Uh, and when he deals with the accident that impacts his hands and his livelihood, his ability to do what he's good at, he struggles a bit yeah. because he's lost one of those key components. Well, several, actually. It seems to kind of domino, right? Yeah. He loses the ability to um, use his hands as he, you know, thought he needed uh, and ties that to his worth, ties that to then he's not really able to work, so then he's not getting compensated, he's not getting paid, uh, so he's just really struggling. So one of the things that he ends up doing is he kind of goes... Um, to identify somebody to help him, and which then leads him to um, a space where he he goes, where he meets the um, sorcerer, sorcerer supreme. At that time, yeah, At the sorcerer time, supreme. Exactly. Um, the ancient one. The ancient one. That's right. So she's able to, um, you know, guide him through what he needs to do. But he he wasn't ready for. Um, what she was trying to teach him. So I right. think that's another key part is if your mind is open and ready to listen, uh, that's one thing. But if it's not, no matter how much somebody's trying to explain to you or teach you, um, it's just not going to uh, connect until you're, you're ready for that. Well, he was still very much inwardly focused. He was trying to find solutions outside in the world to solve his physical problems and address his inner concerns that he had, which 
was just how do I go back to that ego? Right. How do I go back to just my lifestyle that I had before? I was very much connected to all of that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also because he didn't realize that there was something out there, a role that he could fulfill if he were to just connect in a different way with those that were around him, how to care for others, how to be respectful and responsible for others. Is to be, to be frank, I mean, Dr. Strange, as a surgeon, he was just kind of just really a jerk. He was just so much, it was all about him, so he really didn't care uh, about anyone else. Karen, uh, we talked about uh, two areas so far. The first one is what we're good at, and the second one, something that we can be paid for, or that which we can be compensated for. What's the third one? So the third one is essentially what the world needs. So, um, you know, in, in Batman, where Batman says uh, he's not the, the hero that the city wants, but he's the hero the city needs. Right. So that's kind of what um, I think of when I hear this. But you want to try to identify something that's missing, something that you have identified that there's a gap, right? So you want to find that instance where not only is it something that is missing, but maybe you're good at filling that need. Mm. So, for example, with the Gov Geeks, we were noticing that there were some opportunities within public service to help public servants navigate through the system, whether that is development, training, soft skills, things of that nature. Uh, so we identified that need and we went from there. Right. And Lacuna, which we'll hear about in a little bit from Giselle and Aaron, they identified something that the world really needs in identifying how individuals could be mindful and how they can manage that kind of gap right before a reaction happens so that they can be centered, make good decisions, participate well in the world, in the work environments. And as we see it in the public sector, having that opportunity to do your job well, but also to have fulfillment as part of the process is gonna be beneficial for, for everyone. So, and of course, being a public servant is a large connection to really what the world needs because of the work that's done in government. It's just truly valuable. It's, it's incredible uh, the amount of need that's there behind this, this work that we do. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that was the third one. What's the, the magic fourth one? So the magic fourth one is of course doing what you love. Doing what you love. Right. Sometimes though, you know, you hear about starving artists and things like that where they're doing what they love, what they have a passion for, but unfortunately it's hard to make a living off of that. Unless, you know, for the, the rare few that actually are able to make millions, um, or in some cases, not until you're long gone, do you then get the accolades that you were looking for. Right, but you, you, you lived a life where you were doing stuff that, that you loved to do. Um, and, and so really this is kind of where the balance is with everything. And if we look back to the Venn diagram, you can see that if you have one or two of those things, you can have something like an occupation, perhaps even a vocation. You can have something that's fun, but it's not necessarily until when you combine all four of those areas do you really come upon, come upon your, your purpose. And the whole idea about doing something you love, I mean that feeling that you want to wake up on Monday morning and you're like you're, you're ready to go do stuff because you don't have that Sunday evening feeling in your gut like oh god I gotta go to work tomorrow but rather you know this is something that I love this is something that I like to do 
and there are so many different career fields in government that you could really just find passion doing all of them. Uh, I mean, you can even get paid as like a bartender in government, uh, working on bases and other areas as well uh, as a public servant. And if that's something that you love to do and it connects to all of your other areas, that's awesome. You know, I mean, this is just really all the different things that, that can be done. Mm -hmm. um, Karen, what's your thought on connecting all of the four areas for finding purpose? How does that hit you? Well, for me, it just sometimes it may not be all in one job, right? So I think if there's a way that you can achieve that sweet spot um, by various, uh, you know, pathways. So for example, you can have your nine to five and then you can maybe have some volunteering that you do. So maybe you're not completely getting the compensation at, you know, doing what you love at your nine to five, but you're able to do it um, through your outside activities. And so that kind of combines everything. I love that because it, it's, it's not just like the whole job. That is all where your purpose is wrapped up. You have your life, and so your life is just really leading your purpose. If you're able to live a happy, fulfilled life using all of these areas, I, I think that that's one of the bigger paths to happiness, really. Right, and I think the other thing that really ties closely to this, and um, I know we've talked about this a lot in our different presentations, um, and I know you and I have gone through some exercises in different uh, leadership but essentially, you also want to identify your value, right? right? Your intrinsic value. And if what you're doing on a daily basis is contradictory to that value, you're going to have that struggle. Yeah. So you want to identify um, underneath it all, what is your value that you hold close? You know, is it family? Is it integrity? Is it freedom? Um, so you can identify that and you'll see if what your current occupation, if that's why you're identifying such a struggle with it, is maybe you're doing something that is not in line with your value. Yeah, and just because you love to do something now doesn't mean that's gonna be something that you're gonna to love to do for the rest of your life. Uh, I mean, connecting with things that you enjoy and things that you have a passion for, you can come into and out of different positions throughout your life and, and grow into uh, all of that as well. And also, it's not like there's um, a magic button or a coin that you're going to flip. Uh, like in Mario Brothers, you're just going to get uh, the magic one up or a mushroom and you're going to get bigger and stronger and everything's going to be better all of a sudden. Um, but rather, it's something that's gradual. And that's one of the things that I really love about Doctor Strange is that he's there sitting with the Sorcerer Supreme, with the Ancient One, and he says, how do I get from here to there? And she says, well, how did you learn to connect nerve endings one by one? And Dr. Strange says, well, practice years of it. And she says, well, it's kind of like the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then you go through the journey of Dr. Strange and you see that slowly but surely he becomes uh, more masterful in certain areas. He becomes more attuned more uh, connected with his purpose. And that's where he really becomes strong as an individual, not just as a Sorcerer Supreme. It's something that he grows towards. So in our lives, if you can think of your career, your 
life and your well-being like Dr. Strange. You identify what you have a passion for. You know for sure it's something that the world needs. It's something that you can be compensated for. And honestly, it's something that you feel that you're good at. As you're growing those areas, then you become to find your own path and your own journey to, to your purpose. It sounds pretty like Dr. Strange. It sounds like an extra level, right? It's not just like I applied for this job and yeah, here I am. Yeah, definitely sounds something like something that's a little bit more, you know, in depth than what we think our you know daily lives are right but we all know we're destined for something greater and just like dr strange he was so you just if you feel that way you want to identify your purpose which i think most of us want to feel that we are living as close to that purpose as possible it's just trying to identify that just trying to identify it as far as you know like you mentioned the journey so again in deepak chopra's book he states that a lot of times it's the journey and not the destination. And many times we are so focused on that destination, just like Dr. Strange. He's like, I want to do that. I want to get to that level. Or like Liz Lemon, I want to go to there. Right. Uh, so you just don't want to be so focused on the end result, like where you're trying to, you want to have that as your goal, absolutely, because you want to know what you're heading towards, but you don't want that to be the main focus. You want it to be the learning and the process and the evolving that you're going through to get to that goal. Oh, that, that, that feels good because sometimes as we've experienced in working with our clients, people may feel a lot of stress because they're thinking, I'm not where I need to be in my career right now. Uh, I don't have that type of job that I want to have. Or, And then they kind of look inwardly and they think, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe this isn't something that I'm great at. But really, if you find your purpose along that journey towards where you need to go, then that is where you are content and where you find happiness and that growth. And, and that's, that's really where it's at. So you can be happy right now and you can be happy as you accomplish your goal. If you're in government and you go from like your GS7, 9, 11, all the way to the 15, if you're gonna be a senior executive servant uh, at the SES level, I mean, these are just like growth areas and, and areas that you can plan for yourself, but at the same time, you can be happy at all of the stages throughout that whole process, which is, which is really good. So, Lacuna Leaders, we have uh, Giselle and Aaron coming up next. Uh, they are going to share three strategies to connect your inner passions with your outer goals. And they have a few extra quick tips uh, in there as well. Also, um, as Karen mentioned for the book that she's reading, they have a lot of retreats and Karen's gonna be going to one of them here pretty soon. And uh, in the near future, uh, they're gonna have others available as well. So uh, please be sure to look at the link below uh, and sign up for all of their, their contact information. Follow them on social media. Uh, go to their uh, events page if you want to find out some more information, possibly even sign up for some stuff. But uh, don't take our word for it. Uh, listen to all the great things that they have to say, and hopefully it is really of value for you guys. Uh, Karen, anything else before we switch over to the, uh, the interview? No, just we enjoy having you join us, and uh, hope you enjoy the content of today's video. And please, like Javier said, follow uh, Aaron and Giselle and their experience as they um, identify what's needed in the world and as they go for it. So um, we encourage you to take a look at their site 
and look at their content. And of course, don't forget to subscribe, follow, etc., with us here as well. We look forward to seeing you at the next one. Thank you so much and geek on. Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. We're really excited to have you here on the GovGeeks Assemble. We are super stoked to have two awesome people here from Lacuna, and they're gonna talk through a little bit about their skills, their passions, and a couple of the projects that they have coming up. So first off, uh, please let me introduce Erin Barubi. Welcome, Erin. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. Of course, of course. And let's also please make sure that we welcome Giselle Herlin as well. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Perfect. Well, we're really excited to have both of you guys. So can you tell us a little bit more about Lacuna? Sure. So Lacuna was founded by the two of us actually while we were both on maternity leave. So it was kind of this wonderful passion project. Um, and it was sparked from this idea that there's really a gap between where people are today and where they want to be in the future. So that's what lacuna means in Latin. It's that gap and that space between. And, you know, Giselle and I have been talking since we both went through grad school together, and there are just so many things we didn't learn through our MBA programs. There are so many things that corporate development programs uh, have not taught us over the years, including, I know for me, difficult conversations, how to fire people, you know, how to really have those tough, critical conversations with staff, but then also how do you inspire teams? How do you really get people to follow you and uh, the belief system that you have as a leader? So Lacuna is really all about filling those gaps in careers for folks. That's beautiful. Another really cool thing about the name that um, uh, kind of on my end of it is a gap or space between can also be between stimulus and your response. A lot of people are very reactionary. Um, so making those tough conversations even harder. They There's stimulus and then there, there's immediate emotion and response from that. And making efficient use of that space between your stimulus and how you respond to it, you can have a more genuine response. Right, no, that's pretty amazing. And of course, I, you know, enjoyed Latin throughout my high school and college career. So seeing that reference um, when I was looking through your um, website uh, was definitely interesting for me because I am definitely a Latin nerd. So definitely appreciated that. And then how you're able to tie it into taking that, you know, moment um, to identify those gaps and how we react versus being more natural in our space. Exactly. And I really appreciate how you've taken a passion that you have, an expertise that you have, and you're also addressing an open concern that a lot of people really haven't had the opportunity to really explore a whole lot. Uh, I think, of course, MBA programs are very important. They help teach a lot of the mechanics of business and even education in general. Like all of these experiences are fantastic. But there's just those critical components that if we had them, I think we could be better functioning as a society overall. Right, kind of like those soft skills. Soft skills, mm -hmm. yeah. The GovGeeks, I mean, we're, we're all about soft skills as well. Um, so we're happy that you guys are here uh, to help public servants who are trying to struggle through that. You know, they, they know for sure that they, they know what skill sets they need to get into the positions, to get into jobs and all that. And they think in their mind, well, if I just get that extra degree, if I just work harder and push, things are going to open up for me. But it's those, those gaps that they're not even realizing are there that might be limiting some of their growth and advancement. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, you know, 
everything about this has just been a passion project for us. And that term lacuna applies so many ways and just not just the work side of things in the professional world, but also in your life and, you know, overcoming adversity and just really, you know, you, you touched on it, Javier, with the, the adversity, the things that you need to overcome, you've really got to take a pause and figure out what's there, what is there in that space. Uh, for me personally, um, I was a very active person and about five years ago was diagnosed with a rheumatic disease, which really, you know, just was a huge, huge hit to me right in the heart. You know, my doctor said, you will never climb mountains again. You will never have a child. All these things that I was really looking forward to in my life, I was told all of a sudden I have this disease and I can't do it. So I spent a lot of time really reflecting on that and figuring out, well, what really is the obstacle here? What is really preventing me from getting from where I am to, you know, at that point in time to where I wanted to be? And fast forward five years, I summited Mount Kilimanjaro two summers ago. Mm -hmm. uh, last year, I gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. Oh. So, you know, you don't always have to be a victim of your circumstance and the things that happen to you. If you really take time to reflect upon that lacuna, that space that's there, there are so many great things waiting for you. That's fantastic. You're, you're embodying positivity, which I think is perfect for people to, to kind of follow and, and you're your lead and you setting the example. That's really inspirational. Along that line, in terms of helping people follow these passions and understand what they can do to help uh, really grow in their professional careers and also really in their, their personal lives, like you just mentioned, uh, I know you guys do some really cool things. Uh, on your website, I know that you do coaching, mindfulness, and development retreats for growth-seeking professionals. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and your upcoming retreat that you have. Sure. So, um, you know, the coaching side of, is really my side of the business. It's that, you know, professional or life or executive coaching, and it's, it could be one-on-one, -on -one, it could be in group sessions. Um, Javier, I know that you know through uh, coach training how impactful that can be in all aspects of your life. You know, it really is very, very powerful. Um, and then Giselle really handles the mindfulness piece of everything and the, the meditation, the yoga, so I'll let her cover that. What the retreats do for us is they let us combine all of our powers into one place, mm -hmm. create this really immersive experience for folks who come down for a weekend out in the mountains of Luray, Virginia, and it's a beautiful setting, and um, we definitely take full advantage of the landscape. You know, we uh, put the Luray Caverns in there as an activity. We do some a little bit of loose uh, summit hiking up there, and we tie, tie it all into these uh, strategies and these development pieces as well as mindfulness sessions to get a full uh, growth experience for the folks who want to come. So, and I'll let Giselle talk more about the mindfulness side of that. Sure, yeah. Um, well, just to reconnect a little bit with your viewers from um, my perspective, uh, I worked many years as a public servant. And so I felt the highs and lows of government service. And the highs were, oh my gosh, amazing to be able to um, directly impact the end user. And for me, that was the Navy sailor. And, um, you know, making their lives easier, or, well, their work lives easier, the more efficient at their jobs, like just awesome, awesome stuff. And But I would get like held up at, the um, bureaucracy of um, of the government sometimes, and maybe some dated mindsets, or seemingly, in my opinion. And I like created all these barriers, and I had this really like oh, I can't get anything done mindset. And sometimes, and when I found 
mindfulness and yoga, um, but specifically mindfulness and being able to apply that in my um, work life, it helped me create space to get creative and how to find solutions and not be stuck on the, um, not be stuck on, on the, this is how it's always been done. So this is how it has to be done um, kind of mentality that I felt was very typical, at least in my experience in um, working for the government. So um, I communicated more effectively. I created good relationships. I, um, and I was able to leverage those to get things done in ways that I had completely thought were just strong brick walls that I would never be able to get past. And consequently, it helped my relationships at home and in other areas of my life. Don't know if anyone out there has a relative that they don't communicate well with. And like, and like it transformed some of those relationships in my life too. So, you know, and I wanted to mention that to, um, because bringing something like this into our retreats, when you think like, okay, this is a leadership or, um, or, you know, career development style thing, like it really is integrated in, and it is imperative to, um, to tackle, um, those soft skills as well. Um, so at the retreats, there will be some yoga done and depending on, you know, we reach out and we figure out where everybody's starting point is. So like if every, you know, if you're looking for, um, a really challenging class. If that's the group that we've got, we can make it challenging. I've taught for taught yoga for a few years. I've um, finished my 500 hour RYT training. So, um, but it really isn't about the challenge in the yoga class as far as physicality. It's all up here. So, um, what I like about yoga and bringing mindfulness is you're so focused on the one thing and like, even if it's, am I doing this posture right? Or, um, is this, uh, am I feeling, you know, how am I feeling in when my body is in this position? Like you're focused on that. There's no room for the mind chatter. The, what do I have to do today? Like, are we going to be doing this? Or, you know, does my, do my shoes look okay with this outfit? Do like all of those, that little mind chatter, um, it like, it diminishes and, and you get a taste of what that space feels like. Um, so we bring that through yoga. Um, and we're also challenged to sit with ourselves a little bit. And, um, and what I mean by that is being still on purpose and um, practicing a little meditation. There will be a group meditation. There will be a call to action on your part to, um, or on our clients' parts there to uh, sit with themselves in the morning and meditate. And, you know, that looks and feels different for everyone, just like a yoga class. Um, and I'm excited for the people who have never had that taste before, because it's quite addictive and something I'm really passionate, passionate about because I've seen it transform lives. Transform lives. That, that makes we me feel really good. <laughs> it's always good to change lives, even if it's something as simple as, you know, being silent and just being really so that you hit the nail on the head right there. Just being when's the last time you just work, <laughs> like you just work, nothing else. Like it's, it's really cool. And, um, we've cultivated an environment, uh, to be able to do that more easily and then are teaching you tools there so that you can do it back in the, back in the grind. 
Right. I think that's the hard part, right? Is when we are yeah. in this, you know, beautiful location and this is the whole purpose of it, you know, you're able to just be, but how do you incorporate that into your busy day? I know I have the Calm app on my phone or on my watch, mm -hmm. so it goes off and then I'm like, okay, just take a, a few minutes here just to not, just to, just to, just be. Um, but sometimes it gets hard or it's in the middle of a meeting and I have to be like, oh, well, I'll do that later. Um, so it's just one of those things where how can I realistically make it work in my day to day, which is very important. And before we get too much further in describing the, the wonderful magic that you guys are going to prepare for and share with everyone that's going out in the tr retreat, um, I know that you're planning other ones as well. If a person is interested in learning more about getting in touch with you guys, about going to these retreats, learning more, uh, how can they uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, thanks for that question. So we have a website out there. It's lacunaleaders.org. And uh, we are also on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. So you can find us there as uh, hashtag or at lacunaleaders. So um any of those avenues are probably great ways. You can book directly on the site, make your payments directly on the site. It's really very simple to sign up for exactly what it is that you're looking for. And everyone out there in the GovGeeks community, if you could please subscribe, follow, share, all of that great stuff. Uh, lots of great content. Uh, we really want to make sure that we're providing our community with a lot of great value-added opportunities, and this certainly is one of them. So we're really excited about that. Um, so speaking of that great value, I know that you guys have prepared three strategies to help public servants connect their inner passions with their outer goals. So could you share the, the first one? Sure. So I'll be taking the first one. And it might sound a little bit familiar to you, Javier, but this, you know, we've talked about this in the past. It really is exploring your own value system. So what are your internal values and emotions that really drive you? And when you ask people, what do you value? Most of the time they answer it situationally. Like I uh, really value that promotion. You know, I'm really looking to make more money. And those are all very valid responses to that question. Once you start digging deeper though and asking, well, what is it about that promotion that really drives you? you get to the root of it and you figure out exactly where the value lies. So in that example, it may be that a promotion and a pay increase gives me more freedom, you know, freedom to go on vacations, freedom to spend more time with my family. So then you dig into the freedom piece of it and you really look at all aspects of that. And where else does that show up in the client's life today? And where else might that show up if a couple of barriers were explored and possibly either um, embraced or overcome down the road. So I think really exploring the value system is uh, the start of any great growth experience for the clients that uh, come to Lacuna. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'll take over from the second one, which um, identifying and exploring obstacles we thought was really important. What barriers are in that gap between where you are and where you want to be? How might we reframe those obstacles into tools that you can use? How might you overcome those barriers? And um, at Lacuna, we partner with our clients to answer those questions. Um, and then lastly, the third is to, is to detach from your idea of that outer goal. So 
um, you might have this really great idea, similar to what Aaron said in the first one, like, um, you, let's see, like you might think, you know what you want, but really it's that feeling that you're going after. So there might be something else that gets you, that gets you there that you couldn't have dreamed of. Um, so detachment to exactly what it looks like. Um, and it's, so let me clarify, it's really important to have that outer goal and to work towards it. Sometimes you need that step forward to know like, oh, that's the wrong direction or clarity that, and or validation that it's the correct direction. Or sometimes you wouldn't see a better path unless you had taken those steps forward. So detachment to that outer goal and being open, open-minded to um, the opportunities ahead. Um, you know, if you're so narrow-minded and focused on that outer goal, then you might miss some opportunities in the periphery. Um, and there's some really cool tools at Lacuna that we use to build connections to clients' true passions, uh, mindfulness, meditation, visioning exercises, which I know you guys are both um, uh, aware of, uh, that challenge your assumptions and create space around situations to bring clarity. And again, that's, the, that's my passion. That's the stuff that I love. I really appreciate you sharing that and your energy that you're really bringing to this, your expertise, your passion, it really comes through. But just to make sure that we captured the three. Uh, so first off, um, exploring your values. Second, identify and explore obstacles. And then lastly, detach from your idea of the outer goal. Did I capture those right? Absolutely. Oh, that's good. So uh, we, we have a lot of really great time that's still left on the clock. Could you walk through some uh, of the exercises or tools that perhaps a listener or viewer would really appreciate and can use? I would love to. Oh, perfect. Some people are listening <laughs> to this as they're driving in their cars on iTunes and all that. So hopefully they won't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just as a warning, make sure you're doing this at a really sure. good time. Nice and well, safe. Um... <laughs> I'll do one where you can do a driving or walking. Oh, good. Um, okay. Yeah. So um, a mindfulness exercise is just becoming incredibly aware and, and or I guess to not get too much into jargon, like present, uh, observing it. Think of it as um, observing uh, on hyper mode. So um, knowing that you are turning the blinker on left or, or feeling the wind on your face, slowing down and paying attention to the details that we so often walk right by. Um, uh, when you, if you're sitting or walking or driving, how does it feel to, um, allow the tongue to fall away from the roof of the mouth? A lot of times we're tense and that's a tense thing to do. And so in a resting position, the tongue falls away from the roof of the mouth. Allow it to do that. How does that feel different? If you are a little tense in your back, bring your attention there, feel it. What is it? What kind of discomfort is it? Noting it or describing it to yourself, bringing attention to it um, kind of takes away its power over you. Um, if this one is really hard for me, but someone described, you know, one of my mentors described it to me as, uh, a bug landed on his neck and not immediately going to the, ah, like flip out that I would normally do and say to myself first, I am going to remove this bug from my neck and it is now intentional and not habitual. 
So just creating space in ways that you haven't, in little ways. Um, I gotta tell you, my son does that for me. Uh, I've never been more present, I don't think, than looking into his eyes and like, like, what's he gonna do? Like, I don't know, I can't control it. I, you know, he's got his own little thing. So, you know, just finding the beauty, finding the moments in wherever you are, whatever your circumstance. Um, and that, I mean, you're, I mean, just getting in the habit of breaking those habitual, getting in the habit of breaking your habits is, is, um, is what I think is super, super powerful. And you do that by slowing down and being present and attentive to what's going on around you. I, I feel I feel better just hearing you describe it. Yeah, not giving uh, it that power, I think, was the most powerful thing. Uh, just not yeah. giving the, you know, reaction, that power over yeah. you. So. I, I didn't even realize I had my tongue uh, against the, the roof of my mouth. I didn't even realize it. It's mind-blowing. It is. <laughs> I, I also really like earlier how you were describing how there's this opportunity that we have before an action happens, this space, this gap that's there. And using mindfulness empowers us to understand how to take advantage of what that is rather than just reacting to something. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's, that's beautiful. Um, you know, of course, Karen mentioned her watch earlier and uh, an indicator for me about any stressful situation is uh, my um, uh, heart monitor, heart monitor. <laughs> that would go off, you know, uh, but I, I guess if there's other indicators that your body is just telling you about, but you're just, you're not listening to it, how, how can you know what to control and not to control? Mm. Wow. Well, a great first step whenever you feel a little anxious is a deep breath. And it sounds so like, okay, everybody, so it sounds so like common knowledge, but actually do it. And there is a chemical reaction that is going on in your body that is bringing, um, you know, more oxygen to all of you. Like it is, it is actually physically changing your body and your way and the way that you can respond. Um, and think, I mean, a breath doesn't take that long, but it is a space mm -hmm. between your, it, it, you know, it's like just a built-in spacer between your response uh, or your, your stimulus, stimulus and your response. So I think um, it's a really good first step, whether your heart monitor is telling you to, or Karen, even in your meetings, like even if you're talking when your little calm buzzer goes off to be mindful, even if you're the one speaking, that breath isn't going to kill anybody, you know, like that, you know, taking that reminder to take that deep breath, that's yeah. your time. That's, that's yours, a, you know? Yeah. And so you don't have to be like later, you can be like modified, you know, or pay attention to is talking in a way that embodies your whole being, taking in what he is saying even more intently than you were the moment before mm -hmm. a reminder to drop in to that moment completely. Yeah. Be present. Right. Yeah. Perhaps in doing so, that empowers others to recognize the situation and what they're feeling as well. And maybe that could help de-escalate some challenges or concerns that others are experiencing <laughs> together. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Aaron, so I just wanted to 
help connect the dots between what's going on with mindfulness, but also what's available with coaching. Are, are there any uh, tools, tips, tricks, etc., that you can share that might be of value and helpful uh, helpfulness for people? Sure. So I think a very easy one to start with for anybody who really wants to explore the value system that they have is just pick, you know, what's the thing that went well for me today and what's the thing that didn't go well for me and just write it down. It doesn't take but a couple of seconds to complete this task. You can do it any time of day. And then after three or four or five days, go back and take a look and see where the trends are. You know, is it the same thing that's kind of going well for you all the time? Is it the same thing that's not really going well for you all the time? And then how does that feel for you? You know, does it scare you a little bit? Does it concern you? A lot of people don't take that time to pause to Giselle's point and be in the moment and really think, wow, that's really not going well. And I didn't realize that it wasn't going well. And by the way, it's written down five days in a row that it's not going well right now, you know? So a lot of the mindfulness component of coaching is really just creating that awareness and using those tools that Giselle is talking about to really dig down deep inside of you to build that awareness, to figure out what it is that you really want. So as the coach, we can direct them down that path. Oh, that, that's got to feel fantastic. I mean, especially if you consistently see a trend in things that really make you happy, then maybe some of the bigger questions are, well, how can you design your life and your opportunities around those things that truly bring you joy? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Karen and I and our uh, commute in, there's a couple of routes that we like to take that just have some really fun, fun uh, opportunities for us. Um, <laughs> Uh, so we, we uh, very much enjoy uh, our little roadster that we have and sometimes when the traffic is just right and the weather is just right, um, mm -hmm. it is just awesome to take a couple of those cool turns. <laughs> Uh, in a safe and responsible way, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> this is good. Uh, Karen, what thoughts do you have? Well, I am very excited since I will get to participate in uh, your upcoming retreat. So definitely very excited. <laughs> have the, the book that I've been reading here. So um, it, I know in some other leadership classes I've taken previously, they did have a portion of meditation, which I think has been really eye-opening just because before it wasn't really included in a lot of these courses and now they're starting to realize how important it is um, and I think with some people it's just trying to get them understanding what it really means it just means like Giselle was saying just being mindful being present just being um, and paying you know closer attention to you know in, in some of the classes I've taken it's just paying attention to your breath right, as you breathe in and breathe out. Um, and then the yoga aspect I'm very excited about. Javier and I both have done yoga. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely helpful for us just to take a moment. But I also do kickboxing to balance it out. So I can, <laughs> I can also do that. So, um, Great cardio, all that. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of like to have the balance of the two. Um, but Perfect. I'm very excited um, and looking forward to it. And, and I have been reading all of your um, materials as far as what you've done with the organization so far so um, I can see even with my girls as they're growing up having these conversations with them and helping them through some of this um, you know as they talk about anxiety and things like that with school and everything so trying to impart some of that with them so it's definitely helpful not just in the workplace but 
you know, in all aspects of your life. So I'm very excited, very appreciative of both of you, um, you know, coming together and creating this, sharing it with us. Right. Um, right. And definitely can't wait to learn more. I am very grateful. Uh, a happy Karen is a happy Javier as well. <laughs> which is Likewise. Good. <laughs> you know, both of us should be, you know, yeah, exactly. Balance. But even really from the bigger perspective of like public service, the services that you guys are providing, if a person is in a position to make a very serious decision in the workplace and their job just happens to be caring for the needs and concerns of the, the people in the public, if they are in a good spot, they've gone through mindfulness, they've had a really good coach, they're making really appropriate decisions that are empowering and helpful for others, I mean, this is helping the world quite literally. So what you guys are doing is just truly making a difference. Well, thank you so much for saying that. That's that's very kind and generous of you both. Yeah, and, and we are very just incredibly flattered to be a part of your podcast and your video that you've got going here and just to be a part of, you know, the GovGeeks organization as a whole. So thank you so much for allowing us the opportunity to share our story and some quick tips for your audience members. Um, yeah, we're just so, so excited about everything. Yeah, thank you so much. It is quite an honor to be um, to be here with you and, um, and we're quite blessed to have met you through such an impactful, um, I guess, uh, event with IPEC, like to be able to meet you both and see you together. Um, I think I told you it was just really empowering to be about around both of you. What a great team you are. And um, I feel the same way about my partner, Aaron, just like I am, you know, you work with people who lift you up and bring you up and we want to share that with others. And we're so excited to do so. And especially with you, Karen, <laughs> coming up. Yay. This is, this is really good. So uh, please, again, uh, everyone, uh, look for their materials and information. Go to the website, subscribe, follow them on all of their social media platforms. Uh, it's not only a benefit for you, but also a benefit for others, because the more empowered we are in doing our jobs and doing them well, the better off everyone else is going to be. So this is fantastic. Uh, we look forward to seeing you all next week with more interviews, quick tips to get in, get ahead in government and also to really just enjoy life. So thank you very much. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks.